Welcome to another episode of Harvest Series, a podcast following a four-day experience in Kaplankaya on the southwestern Asian coast of Turkey, filled with fascinating talks and workshops to harvest knowledge and nurture the planet, an event produced by Athena Advisors and Capital Partners. Almost all the disease of aging is what we call insulin resistance. Which means that when you eat sugar or starch, your body produces more insulin to get it inside the cells because your cells are resistant. Okay. And so that phenomena of insulin resistance is caused by eating way too much sugar and starch and not exercising. And so this, if you start to accumulate belly fat, that's the first clue. Okay. And that means you're aging rapidly. And it's not just on the outside where you can see your belly fat, it's on the inside. It affects your arteries. It affects your brain. I mean, they, they now call it Alzheimer's type 2 diabetes. Most of the common cancers are driven by sugar. You know, pancreatic cancer, colon cancer, breast cancer, prostate cancer, all affected by insulin resistance. I'm Rose, a French journalist based in Barcelona. And in this episode, I had the opportunity to interview Dr. Mark Hyman at Caplancaya. Mark a distinguished physician and functional medicine expert, is passionately dedicated to longevity and holistic wellness. Today, he'll be unraveling the secrets behind aging, guiding us through the journey of addressing its root causes. His insights promise to unveil a pathway to potentially adding a remarkable 30 to 40 additional years of vibrant life to our journey. This very concept will form the heart of the upcoming retreat at Kaplankaya in May, just before harvest. Excitingly, bookings for this transformative event are now open on Harvest Series website. Not only is this theme the focal point of the retreat, but it also forms the essence of Dr. Mark Hyman's groundbreaking book, Young Forever. Hello, Mark. Hello, hello. How are you? So I actually so wrote nice. that book at Harvest last year. <laughs> <laughs> wow, amazing. <laughs> so it's been the number one uh, book uh, of America when it, when it came out. So congratulations. Yes, thank it's you. been a big success. Yeah. Can you tell us, uh, share a little bit of what you're explaining? Why do we age? And uh, we've identified now uh, some causes of aging and how can we fight against this? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Most of us assume as we get older, We have to get sicker and more frail and decrepit and lose function and not yeah. be vibrant and healthy. But what we now know is that uh, those things that happen to us that we see around us as we age are, is actually abnormal aging. And scientists are now considering this to be a disease that we can treat. We can't, you know, cure death, <laughs> but yeah. we can very much cure many or prevent many of the conditions as we get older that seem to interrupt the quality of our life. The last 20% of people's life is usually spent in poor health. Their health span is much shorter than their lifespan. So they may live to be 80, but the last 20 years are sick yeah, and yeah, yeah. not functioning. So, so we now know that by activating certain ancient embedded longevity pathways, survival pathways, we can not only improve our lifespan, but we can improve our health span and prevent many of the diseases that we see as we get older. Uh, you know, if we try to treat heart disease and cancer, and diabetes and Alzheimer's, the things that really kill us as we get older, we're going to be 
playing what we call whack-a-mole where you just push one down with the drug, this one with the drug, that one with the drug. And we never really cure or get them better. But now we know that if we address the underlying root causes, the things that go wrong as we age, that scientists have now identified as what they call the hallmarks of aging, we can actually maybe extend life by 30 or 40 years. If we cured all heart disease and cancer from the face of the planet, we would only get an extension of life by five to seven years. If we get to understand and address the hallmarks of aging, we can extend life by 30 or 40 years. That means living to be 120 years old in good health. So the goal and the purpose of my book is to try to help people understand that what we've come to accept as normal is not, that we can actually understand how locked within us are these ancient survival pathways, these ancient longevity switches that we can learn how to turn on and we can stop interfering with them, which is what we do with our typical lifestyle. And we can have a much more robust, healthy life. And we can not only prevent these conditions, but we can reverse our biological age. And when you see people also aging, like uh, most of the time when you ask them how they're doing, it's like, oh, I'm suffering from uh, the back, right. from my legs, That's from right. everything. So to live longer, yes, but... Uh, yes, s- you don't want to be feeling frail and dysfunctional and aches and pains and have this medication, that medication. Yeah. The, the key is that is that you can actually remain extremely functional, vibrant, well over 100 years old. I traveled to the Blue Zones, Ikari, uh, which is not far from here, and uh, Turkey, which is in Greece. I traveled to Sardinia. I visited the Blue Zones there. And they, they have people very robust at over 100 years old who are still hiking the mountains, who are doing really active things as part of their community, who are still mentally engaged. So we, we actually know that. And it's not because they live in these uh, uh, genetically uh, unique places where the genes are different. They're the same as everybody else. They just have habits that, that automatically activate these longevity pathways. Okay. So what's the number one habit <laughs> Well, I think, I think you know, as, as we've become to describe these these hallmarks of aging, you know, there's many of them. And I'll, I, maybe I'll just go through what they are and okay. then I'll talk about how they're regulated because these are these are underneath all diseases. And if you, you go upstream and treat these, you don't have to treat the diseases. So the first one and the most important is what we call deregulated nutrient sensing. And that means how our bodies interact with our food how that regulates these ancient survival pathways. And I'm going to come back to that. But this is the major one that regulates even many of the others, like DNA damage or changes in our epigenome or inflammation or mitochondrial changes or damaged proteins or shortened telomeres or stem cell exhaustion or changes in our microbiome or altered cell communication systems. These are all influenced by, by many factors, primarily our diet, exercise, our beliefs, our thoughts actually regulate our gene and gene expression, and also environmental things like environmental toxins or infections or allergens. These are things that actually cause imbalance and drive changes in these hallmarks that accelerate aging. And if we understood actually how to address the root causes of those hallmarks through lifestyle and sometimes through techniques that we'll talk about, like hormesis, which is various kinds of stresses that activate our body's pathways. Like when you exercise, you're stressing your muscles, so your muscles grow stronger. That's called hormesis. Okay. Uh, or through uh, various techniques that we may want to use, like medications or uh, advanced techniques like hyperbaric uh, oxygen or plasmapheresis or ozone or stem cells or exosomes. These are things that are a little bit uh, more out of reach for people, but they, they can activate many of these ancient embedded survival pathways. So the goal of my book, Young Forever, was to give people a roadmap, a toolkit, to activate these ancient pathways. So the most important one is is how we interact with food. So it's not just what we eat, it's when we eat 
and it's it's the type of food we eat all regulate these ancient pathways. We have a, a system for sensing food, either too much or too little. If we have too much sugar and carbohydrates and protein, it overstimulates the growth pathways. So you can get cancer, you gain weight, you get inflammation, you get okay. all these damaging things. Um, if you have not enough, you starve, you know, you then activate other pathways that are good pathways because starving is actually a signal to the body that I need to do something to make sure I don't die. Yeah. <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> and so when you, when you, for example, have an overnight fast, like for 12, or ideally even 14 or 16 hours or a longer fast for a day or two or three, that is a signal to the body that there's a, that there's a danger, right? This yeah. is what we call hormesis. This yeah. is a stress and the body then kicks into gear and starts cleanup. And so embedded within us is this ancient system for repair, regeneration, renewal, and we can activate that system very easily by doing certain techniques, for example, like doing a 16-night overnight fast that causes what we call autophagy, which cleans up our cells and our old parts and tissues. Or we can, for example, eat certain foods that activate these, these pathways properly that, that are very phytochemical, something in pomegranate or green tea or maybe in uh, curcumin or various kinds of compounds that we have available to us through food actually are designed to activate some of these ancient pathways. So the first one is mTOR. Now mTOR is uh, something people might have heard about, which is something that gets stimulated by protein and carbohydrates. Now if you overstimulate it, you end up having problem with cancer and other overgrowth of tissues and weight gain and other things. But if, if you don't stimulate it enough, you end up with loss of muscle, which is what happens as we get older. We lose muscle, okay. we become frail and weak. So you have to interrupt its function through inhibiting it and stopping it for a period of time, giving it a rest, so you can actually clean up and do all the repair work okay. and activate these ancient switches that reprogram our genes, that repair our DNA, that lengthen our telomeres, that reduce inflammation, that prevent cancer. And then you also need to stimulate it with adequate protein after a fast. So you stimulate it by fasting, right? Or yeah. you inhibit it by fasting and then you stimulate it by after, after, after protein. with protein. Yeah. Okay. So you basically ideally would do a 16 hour overnight fast and then have 30 or 40 grams of high quality protein, usually animal protein, because plant proteins don't have a key amino acid leucine to turn on muscle growth. So one of the keys to maintaining a vibrant long life is to maintain your muscle. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, if you lose muscle, you become frail. And it's not just because you're weaker, it's because you're Muscle is a metabolic organ, so you, you end up becoming more insulin-resistant and pre-diabetic, and your testosterone goes down, your growth hormone goes down, your stress hormones go up, your inflammation levels go up. You get all these problems when you lose muscle, it becomes replaced by fat. So you need the good protein after a fast when you refeed, and that creates a whole wonderful cascade of building muscle. So that's a kind of a key, for example, way to activate one of these pathways. Okay, wonderful. But meat should be the first thing you eat? Or Not as meat. Could be a, could be eggs, could be, you okay. know, protein yeah. shake. Protein should be the first thing you, first thing, you yes. put in your body. Yes, okay. and in most of culture in America, is, and, and increasingly around the world, is we eat sugar for breakfast. We eat dessert for breakfast. Yeah. We have bagels, muffins, croissants, pastries, uh, cereal, sugar for breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. Sweetened yeah. coffees. This is the worst thing we can do if you want to live a long, healthy life. Yeah. It's delicious, but it's not good for you. So protein feeding. And then uh, the other main way we, we we get into trouble with aging is is uh, the insulin pathway. So there's mTOR and insulin signaling pathway. Those are activated by too much. Now you need to have some, some stimulation of these, but you don't want it too much. And insulin is stimulated by too much sugar or flour. 
And we eat so much of this in America. We eat 152 pounds of sugar, 133 pounds of flour per person per year. Okay. So that's like a pound a day almost. That stimulates these pathways called insulin signaling, which leads to growth of belly fat. That belly fat causes heart disease, cancer, diabetes, dementia. It's the worst thing for us. And so that is one of the most dramatic things that accelerates aging and damages all these hallmarks. So reducing sugar and starch is really important. So overnight, 12 to 16 hour fast, protein in the morning, and cut down on sugar and starch or you're limiting. Yeah. yeah. And then the other two, those those two pathways detect, you know, uh, abundance. And one of them actually, mTOR, is a drug that scientists are researching now called rapamycin. Rapamycin was, was a compound discovered on the island, Easter Island of Rapa Nui. Okay. And, and they found that this was a bad, they thought it was maybe some special drug. They found it was a bad antifungal, but it didn't really work. They use it in transplant medicine to modulate immunity. Taken every day, it, it suppresses your immune system. But scientists found if you take it, for example, once a week, it actually can inhibit mTOR and may extend life by 10 to 20%. If you live to 80 years old, that might be another eight years. So this it can have real life extension properties and it also helps rejuvenate your body. So there's little ways we may be able to stimulate mTOR in the right ways with protein and inhibit it in other times with certain medication or lifestyle. Uh, exercise, by the way, also does the same thing. And then there's those two pathways, mTOR and insulin signaling, detect too much of stuff, too much sugar, starch, too much protein. The other two pathways, AMPK and sirtuins, detect scarcity. So when you're not eating enough or you don't have enough food, they get activated. And what that does is it kicks into a cascade of actually causing DNA repair and shutting off inflammation and activating cancer suppressing uh, genes and many, many other benefits, increasing antioxidant systems, making you more insulin resistant, fixing your mitochondria. So they really have this broad cascade of benefits that actually are occurring because we're giving the body like a lack of food. So there's a way of using diet and supplements. And the other way to address these is through uh, various activities like uh, exercise will also have broad-reaching effects on these four pathways in a positive way. It's both strength training, cardio training. So there's many, many ways that we can actually turn on these ancient embedded longevity switches and help us live a longer, healthier life. And either way, like we can do it wrong. Like if we try, for example, to do that or... If we don't eat, but for only 12 hours or yeah, if we don't yeah. eat for 20 hours, then yeah. it becomes wrong. Or if we do yeah. it, too, if a woman does it too many times yes. a week. So now that we have the big principles, how yeah. do we write? Well, it's pretty, pretty, pretty simple in terms of thinking about what to eat. I, I, and no one should eat within a 12-hour window. In other words, everybody can do a 12-hour overnight fast. Yeah, you, you eat at dinner okay. at 6 yeah, p.m. Yeah. or 7 p.m., you have breakfast at 7 a.m., right? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. easy. It's, it's, a, it's a almost natural. Like, yeah, a 14-hour fast is eat dinner at 7, have, have breakfast at 9. So it's not that hard. Uh, it, 16 hours is a little longer. If you're frail, if you're thin, if you have you know various kinds of issues, you may, may not want to do that or you might not tolerate it. Women may have a harder time. If you're weight, if you're very overweight, it's great. If you have diabetes, it's great, and it works to help reverse that. Uh, and and some people can tolerate longer fast. And so it's just it's it's understand to be this is personalized. And in the book Young Forever, I talk how to personalize it. But it's important to understand we all need to have that break because that's when cleanup happens. That's when repair happens. That's when our anti aging mechanisms kick into gear and help us uh, let you know extend our health span and our lifespan.
During Mark's captivating presentation at Kaplankaya for Harvest, he unveiled more than words. There it was, a powerful contrast, a recent photo, muscles chiseled, juxtaposed with a past version of himself at 40, as he humorously calls it, skinny fat. It's not about bragging, well, maybe just a little, he says, but Mark's intention runs deeper. Dr. Mark Hyman shares these visuals not to showcase, but to ignite a spark within us all. This is more than reversing the clock. It's about the potent possibility of rewriting our health narrative. And what's really interesting, uh, Rose, is that we can measure our chronological year age through the passing of years. Our biological age, we measure through a special type of look at our DNA. We call yeah. this a DNA methylation test. And scientists now have created a clock, a biological clock, that we can now measure based on how our genes are programmed through what we call our epigenome. Our genes are fixed, but our epigenome is the, is, is the control mechanism of our genes. It's like the piano player, whereas our genes are the piano, our epigenome is a piano player. We now can regulate our epigenome and can reverse our biological age. So I'm 63 chronologically, but biologically I'm 43. Wow. So, <laughs> That's cool. you know, I have the biological age of a 43-year-old, and I can actually measure that. And you can then do lifestyle interventions or take various supplements and actually reverse your biological age. Oh, you can do that. Absolutely. Yeah. This, this, many, many, many studies have shown that, you, you know, by some simple things like taking vitamin D, you can reverse it by year. Eating a healthy diet, you can reverse it by year. Doing more aggressive treatments, for example, a whole elimination anti-inflammatory diet, you can, uh, you know, reverse your biological by three years and eight months by doing an aggressive functional medicine approach. So uh, some supplements may reverse it by five to seven years. So there's, there's ways we can now intervene and, and, and understand the mechanisms through a cause of aging and reverse our biological age. And what are the little things that we think are right and are not right? What are the myths about aging and disease? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think one of the challenges is, is that people struggle with is that some people are now saying, oh, in order to live a long life, we have to inhibit mTOR. And we have to do that by, you know, fasting, but also by not eating protein. Yeah. And so a lot of people believe that if you're vegan, it's a better way to extend your life. Uh, unfortunately, I, that's not true. Uh, and there was a woman named Emma Morano who was uh, lived to be 117 years old. And when she was in her 90s, her doctor told her to eat 150 grams of meat every day because she was frail and she lived to be 117. So what happens is if you if you just understand the basic physiology of, of how we build muscle, we need to actually have a certain amount of amino acids that are from protein. And one of them in particular is called leucine. This is what we call a rate-limiting amino acid, meaning if you don't have this, you can't turn on the switch to build muscle. If you put ingredients on this pot of a stove and you want to make soup, you have to turn the fire on. So this leucine is like the switch that turns the muscle synthesis. We call it muscle protein synthesis. To build muscle, you need to turn on this pathway, and you need 2.5 grams of leucine in a 30-gram serving of protein. If you don't have that, it doesn't work. So unfortunately, if you see people who are vegan, they tend to be frail. They have lower muscle mass. So muscle is the currency of longevity. So besides the overnight fast, besides starting with protein in the morning, and besides eating a very phytochemically rich diet with lots of colorful fruits and vegetables, the most important thing as we age is resistance training. And doing the protein about, you know, within an hour or two after that is when you actually then build the most muscle. 
Is there like a, a minimum of um, exercise a yeah. week? I mean, I think people usually with a half an hour, three times a week can achieve most of the benefits. And it's never too late to start. People okay. can start in their 80s and see a traumatic benefit. Now, there is something called anabolic resistance. As you get older, you have to eat more protein and you have to do more work to build muscle because it's just harder. When you're younger, you have more hormones, you have other things that help. So when you're older, you can do it. But I've noticed I've been able to build a lot of muscle, even at 63 years old, compared to when I was, you know, 53. And what the play of uh, the role of sleep in all that? Well, sleep is incredibly important. And I think, you know, the, the main pillars of lifestyle are what you eat, how you exercise, how you manage stress, and sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and sleep is so critical because if you don't sleep, your body can't repair and heal at night is when you renew. Your brain cleans out all the debris that, you, you know, accumulates during the day through its own cleaning system called the lymphatic system. Your hormones reset and you become higher in growth hormone, lower in cortisol, and that allows your body to repair and renew. Uh, so many of the repair mechanisms happen at night. Yeah. And and so it's really important to get adequate and good sleep. And so in the book, I do A lot of people are struggling like to sleep and yeah. uh, are very stressed. <clears throat> when you had like particularly a stressing life or yeah. uh, even if you're retired, like you yeah. still can't manage to, to sleep. Yeah, well, we do so many things in our culture to interrupt sleep, right? If we, you know, if we go out in the wilderness and we have no technology and we sleep with the sun and wake with the sun and we live in a rhythm we, we will find our way back to a good sleep but most people have bright lights they have their devices at night they're working and eating answering emails so they go to bed or yeah overstimulated yeah. they're drinking too much caffeine or alcohol so we are whether we like it or not biological organisms and so we we have to actually respect that and learn how to regulate our our days so that we can get adequate sleep and change our environment and i go through many tips, whether it's, you know, keeping the room cold, keeping it quiet, not eating three hours before bed, making sure you have bright light in the morning to re-stimulate your pineal gland in the right way for your circadian rhythms, taking magnesium, maybe some herbs. All these things can be really, really helpful to help people reset. If you don't do the test uh, to check uh, how old you are, what are the signs that you're older than uh, you should be? Like, uh, is being overweight, for example, yeah. uh, a sign, unfortunately? <laughs> I mean, I, I think, you know, just to reiterate, the the, uh, the biggest driver of almost all the disease of aging is what we call insulin resistance, which means that when you eat sugar or starch, your body produces more insulin to get it inside the cells because your cells are resistant. That phenomena of insulin resistance is caused by eating way too much sugar and starch and not exercising. Yeah, yeah. And so this, if you start to accumulate belly fat, that's the first clue. Okay. And that means you're aging rapidly. And it's not just on the outside where you can see your belly fat. It's on the inside and affects your arteries. It affects your brain. I mean, they, they now call the Alzheimer's type 2 diabetes. Most of the common cancers are driven by sugar. You know, pancreatic cancer, colon cancer, breast cancer, prostate cancer, all affected by insulin resistance. I once was, uh, I was at this Tibetan uh, center, Bob Thurman, who's here. I was at his Menla Center. There was a, a beautiful conference on longevity. And with Tibetan doctors and a Nobel Prize winning scientists. And one of them was a scientist from MIT who discovered one of these pathways, sirtuins, that if we properly activate it, like with the user resveratrol or NAD, you could extend life in animals by a third. So for a human, that would be like to live to 120. I said, what it really is causing the disturbance that's leading to all this aging he said, well, it's sugar. <laughs> I thought he was going to say, you know, I talked okay, to one word. Siddhartha yeah. Mukherjee, you know, who was the, uh, one of the leading researchers on cancer wrote the emperor of all maladies 
when they won a Pulitzer Prize, he said, Mark, Mark, we figured out finally what's causing this cancer stuff to go so bad. I'm like, what? He's like, sugar. <laughs> so now he's doing studies on, on ketogenic diets. Because, you know, humans can run like an electric car or a hybrid car, run on electric or gas. Gas is carbohydrates, dirty, and fat is electric. It's clean burning. Okay. And cancer cells can only run on carbohydrates, not on fat. So you starve them of carbohydrates. And many now studies have been showing using fasting or ketogenic diets actually can uh, treat or reverse or accelerate the benefits of traditional treatment. So, I mean, even stage four pancreatic and cancer melanoma in animal models have been completely cured with a ketogenic diet. Some cultures are very French is a bit like uh, asked about like a uh, flour and pastries and bread. And yeah. Bread. Yeah. <laughs> What's if you're into that and you want to reduce, what would be a reasonable amount to have? Well, I, I think the key here is how do we create resilience, right? How do we create resilient, healthy humans? It, you can handle something, right? So for example, yesterday I went for a 30 kilometer bike ride up in the mountains. So if I wanted to have a little baklava at night, After a meal, it's probably not going to affect me. But if I'm somebody who doesn't exercise, whose system isn't tuned up, who whose insulin isn't working, whose all these biological pathways are not properly tuned up, it's it's going to cause more of a problem, right? Okay. So I think it, it and also depends on the quantity. So having a little treat once in a while here or there is a fine. As a staple, it's not going to be good because over time it will get accumulating to be bad. According to Mark, striving for a longer and healthier life doesn't need to be an uphill battle. But what does his personal routine look like? So typically in the morning I'll wake up after I try to get a good sleep and I'll wake up and I'll do my strength training, which I use bands. I travel all over the world and I'm busy, so I, I use these bands at home and I do a very intense half-hour workout. Um, and if I if I have more time, I'll do like tennis today or I'll do biking yesterday if I have more time. Um, and then afterwards, I take a uh, healthy aging protein shake and I have that shake in my book. Okay. And it includes regeneratively yeah. raised goat whey. I use goats because it's less inflammatory than cow and has uh, all the right amino acids. And mm -hmm. I put in a bunch of things in there like creatine and urolithin A, which is essentially from pomegranate that helps clean up my mitochondria. Okay, And so I have my protein shake. I'll take a sauna. I have a sauna or steam. I put that on while I'm working out. I go in there for 10, 15 minutes. And then I go in and, and I, I put cold water in my bathtub and I put a cold plunge after my sauna. So, and then I take a handful of supplements. So it's a really simple set of things, you know, exercise, the sauna, cold plunge, shake, and some supplements. And the supplements I use are NMN, which is activating the sirtuin switch, the one I mentioned, one of the mm -hmm. ones that very important for repairing DNA and turning on inflammation. Yeah. I take supplements like uh, quercetin, which is uh, a very powerful activator of some of the other pathways like AMPK. Uh, and I take also mitochondrial support like CoQ10 and other things. I also take uh, green tea extract and curcumin. And some of these things that, that are really shown to benefit many of these ancient pathways. So I take a handful of supplements. And then by the time, uh, you know, an hour, an hour and a half of waking up, I have really completed a whole regimen that sets me up for the day. Wow. <laughs> okay. And then, you know, I can always add more things, but, you know, if I want to do extra things, I can do some of these new practices like ozone. I did yesterday here. They have a wonderful clinic, health and healing clinic here at Kaplankaya. Yeah. And I did ozone therapy. I did IV glutathione and other things. So you can do other practices. 
Um, we can do uh, you know, sauna and cold plunges. We can do even more advanced things like peptides or exosomes or stem cells, which are emerging as, as, as uh, therapies that can be useful for, for longevity. For someone who doesn't do like so many sports, like reasonable exercises, mm. can we have too much proteins? Uh, yes. I mean, you, you need to exercise more and you need more protein as you get older. So normally we okay. say the uh, amount that people should eat is 0.8 grams per kilo of protein per day. But that, that only is, is important to understand that it's for the minimum amount to prevent a deficiency disease. So how much protein do you need to not get a deficiency? It's 0.8. Not how much you need for optimal health or building muscle. It's probably double that, probably 1.6 oh, okay. to okay. 2 grams per kilo as you get older. So it's really important for old, as we get older, so after 60 years old, to eat more protein and, and do it at least two or three times a day at, at, when you eat your meals. So it's it doesn't have to be that much, right? I have my shake in the morning, that's 30, 40 grams. Then I have maybe four, six ounces of chicken or fish or meat at, at, at lunch and dinner. So it's not a huge, huge portion, but you, you need that. It's about the size of your palm. And if you're, you know, six foot six and, you know, 250 pounds, well, you're going to be having a bigger piece. If you're five foot zero and, you know, maybe a hundred pounds, you're going to have a little piece, right? So it depends wow. on your size. But, yeah, but with so many on earth and with so many animals to eat, like uh, even without looking at the animal cruelty and everything, it yeah. makes a lot of uh, carbon print. And uh, Yeah, I mean, so there, this goes to another whole topic of regenerative yeah. agriculture and how we raise animals, but but we can do it. And I think it's possible. Now that we, now there's uh, even, for example, microbes, bacteria that have been designed to make whey protein. So it's, it's basically a non-animal-based whey okay. protein that is actually yeah. exactly like it. It's not like in a fake meat. It's actually the real whey protein. Really? Okay. Yeah. So there's science. The science is coming up with ways to actually use to get be able to get protein. There's people using insects and all kinds of stuff. But but I think, <laughs> do you believe in insects? Or? Uh, I, I mean, they're protein. I mean, humans have eaten insects for thousands and thousands yeah. of years. So yes, <laughs> I don't particularly want to eat them, but you know they have cricket bars and things like that. Now we talked about uh, anti-aging uh, drugs. Which one are the best? Or? Well, I think there's a, you know, there's a couple of uh, candidates out there that are pretty interesting. The first I mentioned earlier, rapamycin. Yeah. And rapamycin is, again, from this uh, island, Rapa Nui, and it inhibits mTOR. And when okay. it inhibits mTOR, what that does is it activates autophagy, which is a self-cleaning and repair process. It reduces inflammation, improves your mitochondrial function. So it has many, many benefits that are in, in, highly linked to longevity. So the problem with this drug is you can't take it all the time because it suppresses immune function. But you can take it, let's say, once a week. Some people are taking like six milligrams a week. The science, we need more science. But I think it's, it's, a, it's, very, it's a very, I think, a promising candidate for longevity. The other one people are talking about is metformin. Metformin is a drug that is uh, used for diabetes. But unfortunately, um, you know, a lot of people are, are using it now. And I say unfortunately because I don't think the data is there. Uh, to extend life, and, and it seems to work on this pathway AMPK, which is important, and it does it does activate AMPK. It does a lot of a lot of beneficial things, like improve insulin sensitivity and reduce inflammation. But it also seems to inhibit mitochondrial function. Mitochondria are really important for longevity. It also seems to inhibit the response to exercise. So if you exercise, you don't see the improvements in your body when you take metformin. And this is my biggest concern because okay. when you age, you have to be able to become more fit and stronger. Okay. And if you take a drug that is, interferes with that, what's the benefit? Okay. So one large trial, which was not an actual study, but it was more looking at 
the what happens when people in a population took metformin showed that it reduced their mortality. Another study just came out, and that's why everybody was using it. Another study just came out that found the opposite. So it didn't really show any benefit. In fact, maybe harm. So these were these were not studies that can prove cause and effect. But a new one is coming out called the TAME trial, which is a randomized controlled trial. That trial will actually show whether or not it works. And this is where they're randomizing half the people to the drug and half the people not. It's a better way to look at cause and effect. But that's not going to be ready for many years now. But that okay. that's going to help us answer the question. But until then, I don't I don't think metformin should be used. And what about uh, artificial intelligence? Uh, yeah. Do you think it could help? Uh, What's the uh, hope for the future? Yeah, so, you know, you know, uh, the body is so infinitely complex. And we talk about the hallmarks of aging and what influences them and all the biomarkers. And, you know, now we're going to be able to get incredible um, knowledge from our biomarkers, from both uh, lab testing, biological age testing, our microbiome testing, our genetic testing, imaging of our biology inside. All that's going to be have to be processed in ways that help us see the patterns in that data. And that's where artificial intelligence and machine learning can really help us to, to map out what's happening on a personalized level with each of us and design a plan to properly balance everything. So I've actually co-founded a company called Function Health. The website is functionhealth.com. And it's only available in America. But for $500, you get over 106 biomarkers. You can actually see what's going on with your metabolic health, your hormonal health, your nutritional status. All of these biomarkers are inflammation. really important to look at process of aging and then it's using machine learning and ai with along with your history it helps to give you a set of recommendations personalized to you based on functional medicine to optimize your health and so i think this kind of technologies are emerging really fast and i think we're going to be able to very soon give people a roadmap by looking at their biology we also have all the uh, quantified self metrics like whether it's your apple watch or your aura ring or continuous glucose monitor there's going to be more and more of these things that measure our numbers and all that's going to be going into your your health data cloud essentially and with enormous amounts of information and all that's going to have to be processed by ai and, and machine learning because an individual doctor can't do that if you could invent mark one uh, technology easily what could it be if i could invent one technology yeah. what would it be <laughs> i think it would be a technology that would heal people's uh, emotional and psychological traumas uh, because I think it is what's in the way of people properly engaging with their own self-love and self-care. So I'm very excited about the field of psychedelics and its ability to actually help people repair from from childhood traumas and other traumas that interfere with our own ability for self-love and then consequently for self-care. Everything in my book will help you live to be over 100 for sure maybe even 120, but if you don't do it because you have all these other blocks, then I think it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. So you have to heal the things that are in your way from actually engaging fully in life. And the purpose isn't to live longer. The purpose is to live more fully, to be more vibrant, engaged, healthy, awake, present, connected, be able to do what you want in life, to be uh, showing up in relationships to actually show up in the work and do the work you want to do in the world. Those are the things that matter and not, and, and if we are frail or sick, I mean, it's hard. There's a saying that, you know, a healthy man wants many things. A sick man wants one thing to be yeah. not sick. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> so I think, I think that's, yeah. uh, you know, people can have all the money in the world. If they don't have their health, they don't have, they don't have their life. What's most likely to kill us? Five hours of uh, social media or five sodas every day? Uh, five sodas every day. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. 
Social media is bad for our minds, but that alone will kill us. But five sodas a day will surely kill you. I'm going to end up with uh, the harvest of the day. If there is one thing that gives you hope, what is it? So hopeful for where we are in medicine and science right now, because for the first time, I think we're able to create rapid advances that can dramatically impact so much of the chronic disease that's happening. The emergence of functional medicine, of AI, machine learning, and the science of longevity, the understanding of the root causes, the hallmarks, the way this is just exploding. We, we haven't really looked at this science. We always thought aging was just inevitable and would just happen, but we never really decided to study it. And now over the last few decades, we've discovered so much. So I'm so hopeful that we're going to be able to create a more vibrant, healthy world and population who can contribute and give back and, and create a, a better world for all of us. Thank you so much, Mark. Young Forever from Dr. Mark Hyman is going to be on my night table. Thank you. Thanks so much, Rose. I hope you liked this episode with Dr. Mark Hyman, offering insights into living a richer, healthier, and more extended life. If you enjoyed our conversation, we'd greatly appreciate your support through a positive review. Don't forget to join us on Instagram at Harvest Series and catch our podcast episodes on youtube.com slash Harvest Series. Join us for our next episode. It will be with a beautiful dancer, Amber Joy Rava, diving into the art of revitalizing our bodies. Stay tuned for more enriching discussions. Until next time, take care and keep thriving.